And so for that reason, just for a few moments this morning, I want to talk a little bit about prayer. I want to talk a little bit about prayer. I want to talk from the subject, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. <laughs> don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. So if you have your Bible, you'll, you'll be familiar, most of you, with this scripture, Philippians chapter 4, verses uh, 6 and 7. Amen. You know it. And Paul, when he said this, I did some research on this particular passage some years ago. And out of that research, what I garnered was that Paul, when he said this to the Philippians, it wasn't a sort of a, a kind, casual conversation that he was having. He was adamant when he said this. He said in verse 6, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And, in other words, if you do this, therefore, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now, when I was looking at this and I was doing some research, the feeling that I got, whether it was by the spirit or whether it was the teaching that I was researching, was that when Paul said this, it was as if he stomped his foot and he just didn't say, oh, don't be anxious. Don't worry. It wasn't like that. He said, stop being anxious. Stop being anxious. Some of us need to look in the mirror and tell ourselves, stop being anxious. Be anxious for nothing. Nothing. I don't care if an asteroid is going to hit the earth. Paul said, be anxious for nothing. I don't know what's left out of nothing. Certainly an asteroid is not left out of nothing. I don't know where that came from, but whatever is happening. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything. You know, notice how God through Paul is, is sort of all inclusive here. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God. Amen. The Amplified puts it this way. He said, don't be anxious or worried about anything, but in everything, every circumstance and situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, continue to make your specific requests known to God and the peace of God, that peace which reassures the heart, that peace, which transcends all understanding. That means we, don't even, we can't comprehend the peace that he's talking about. That peace which stands guard over your heart, your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, guess what? Is yours. It belongs to you. I give you peace. Peace on earth. He brought peace. This word anxious is defined as, watch this, experiencing worry or unease or nervousness, but typically about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome. You know what that's telling me? You don't even know what's going to happen, and you're anxious about it. You just think you know, maybe based on your experience, maybe based on the four times that this happened before, and I get that. It's, you're, you're already assuming something bad is probably going to happen. You ever been around people who are sort of doomsday people, just everything's going to be bad? 
What was it? We were watching something. I think we were watching a movie or something. And uh, one of the characters was, you know, her motto was, uh, you know, always uh, just, you know, expect disappointment. Yeah. Oh, it was Spider-Man. We were watching Spider-Man with the kids. That's right. And uh, she said, just always expect disappointment, you know, and then you'll never be disappointed. Right. And uh, but God doesn't want us to live that way. I realize for some of us it's a risk because we put our heart on our sleeve, we become vulnerable, and uh, you know we allow our heart to be open, and we set ourselves up, and people disappoint us. They do. People disappoint us because we're human beings. But can I tell you a little secret? Whether you want to or not, you disappoint people too. I'm just. I'm. You may not do it on purpose. But you're human. You disappoint people too. It happens. We're people. Don't be afraid of disappointment. Don't be afraid of that. But I can tell you who never disappoints you. And that is our, our heavenly father, our loving father. He never disappoints us. He never disappoints us. And so as we end this year, 2021, we find out that there's a lot, as I said, to be anxious about. You know, with, with inflation, the economy, coronavirus, pandemic, all of these things, uh, the state of human morality. How about that? I don't know about you, but that would be enough for me to be anxious, uh, you know. But at the heart of it all, what does God want from us? What does he want from us? What does he want us to do? What does he want us to think? These are the questions that we should be asking. Not what's going to happen, but what does God want us to do? And at the heart of all of that is prayer. It is prayer. Now, I just want to bring forth two things about prayer this morning. And that is the purpose for prayer and also the reason for prayer. There's a purpose for prayer and the reason for prayer. There was this term that was coined by a man named Thomas Gray way back in 1768. Uh, he had a writing called Ode to a Distant Prospect of Eaton College. Now, you probably never heard of that, and that's okay. You've heard of the phrase he coined, though. The phrase is, ignorance is bliss. Anybody ever heard of that phrase? Ignorance is bliss. And it just simply means that if one is unaware of an unpleasant fact or, situa or situation, then one can't be troubled by it, okay? Can't be troubled by something that you are unaware of or you don't know anything about. It's, it's a useful phrase, and uh, it's not a phrase that's uh, altogether unuseful or something that we should never use. We can use ignorance is bliss in certain situations. But I do want to tell you that there are certain situations <laughs> that you can't use it. I mean, situations where you know better. If it's a situation where you know better, then that phrase doesn't work. Think of a one-year-old child, baby, infant maybe in her high chair, and you put some food before her, mashed potatoes and peas, and she puts her hand in those mashed potatoes and throws them and starts laughing. Most of the time, a young mother, maybe not a young father, he might be upset, but a young mother would scold the baby to an extent, but she also would laugh and she would clean it up. It's not unexpected at that age. But if a 10-year-old put his hand in his mashed potatoes and threw them across the room and started laughing. Well, in our house, that boy going to get a whooping. 
And there's one reason, because he knows better. He knows better. Ignorance is bliss doesn't work when you know better, right? So we must know how to pray as well as the purpose of prayer. And as I said in the past, we're discovering some things as we go along. If you've uh, been following our, our messages for any number of, uh, of months or years even, uh, you will see that we're, we're discovering some things about prayer, that we pray about some things that we really should be speaking to and not really praying about. In other words, God has already answered those prayers, and now we should be speaking to those situations. Now, not a condemnation. Not a condemnation at all. In fact, before we go any further, I would say this. If you're unsure about anything, well, I don't know. Is this a situation I should pray about, or am I supposed to speak to this? And you want to pray? Pray. God, God, listen, God, God is not a man that he would lie, but God certainly is a person. There is the person of the Holy Spirit, the person of the Father, the person of Jesus Christ. He understands us, okay? He's not going to condemn you, all right? And we're all learning this together. I'm not preaching this to you as if I have it mastered, okay? Everything God wants me to do, mastered, all right? But we're going to get there together. We are going to get there Together, We're going to get to the place where we're walking in victory, where we're overcoming in every situation because we're following the plan of God. That's why we're going to get to that place together, all of us together. Amen. We're going on a journey. We're going to get there together. And so we find out that there are things that we pray about and God's already answered. But then what do we do when, when it doesn't come to pass right away? We go back and ask the same thing again. And God would say, well, I've already answered that prayer. I've already answered it. I want you to go to your situation with the authority that I've given you, with the Holy Spirit that you're filled with, by the covenant that I have with you, by the word that I've put in your heart. I want you to take authority and I want you to speak to that situation. Now, listen, again, I want to I want to emphasize this morning that there is please don't let there be any condemnation at all. All right. Don't let there ever be any condemnation. God is always a God who wants us to bring us up to where he is. And you know what? God is a patient God. We can stumble. We can fall. We can fail. And God will still be right there saying, let's try again. Let's try until the day you die. God is right there saying you have an opportunity to try again. You have another opportunity. I've said this before. God is a God of second chances. He's not a God of third chances. That, that sounds that sounds kind of uh, uh, harsh, doesn't it? What do you mean? God's not a God. He is a God. Of, come on, Mike. Yes, he is. No, no, no. You want to know why? Because God does this thing uh, called he, he throws it into the sea of forgetfulness. And so you start all over again. There is no third chance. You only get another second chance. You started back from the beginning. That's the way God, this is, think of God as, listen, I, I'm here. I'm here. I know you're in the pig pen. I know you don't have any money. I know you're eating with the pigs. And I know now you're remembering where you used to be. Guess what? All you got to do is come to yourself. All you got to do is get up. All you got to do is come home. I'm standing by the roadside waiting on you to get it. That's the way God is. So it's not a condemnation. Don't think of this as a condemnation. Just think of this as an encouragement to overcome. 
as an encouragement to be the more than conqueror that God has called us to be, as an encouragement to be the overcomer that God has called us to be. And so we have to continue to search. We have to continue to listen. We have to continue to read. We have to continue to pray to see how are we supposed to do this thing, God? How do you want us to do this thing? And so there is a purpose for prayer. This is not, you, we can't speak to every situation. Some, some things we have to pray about. And there's reasons that we pray. There's reasons. And I want to give you three of them. First of all, the reason that we pray is to know the heart of God. Why? Because prayer is communication, is it not? Prayer is communication. Let your requests be made known to God. But at the same time, listen to hear what God would say to us. God is speaking. And so we need to understand what is your heart, God? Even about this situation, even about learning how to speak to things that I'm praying about, let me pray about that and see how do I do that? God will show us. He'll show you. He'll say, go to my word and see how Jesus walked. He'll say, go to my word and see how he spoke to the fig tree. Go to my word and see how every single time he healed someone, he spoke to the situation. Whenever he prayed, he thanked God first. And then he spoke to the situation and told someone to do something. Every time, go back and read it. Go back and look at every time Jesus healed somebody, he spoke to the situation, the word. He prayed first, God, Father, I thank you. And then he spoke with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And with thanksgiving, speak to the situations. So when we pray, what do we do? We go and say, Lord, what is your heart? What is your heart? George Miller once said that it's never enough to begin to pray, nor to pray right, nor is it enough to continue for a time to pray. But we must pray patiently, believing, continuing in prayer until we obtain the answer. God doesn't work on your timeline, but what you have to understand is God is outside of time. So really to him, it's already done. And so when we say wait on God, <laughs> He's outside of time. He's already done it. Sometimes God might say, well, what are you waiting on? Are you taking that wait the way that I meant it? Are you waiting on me like you're waiting on tables? Or are you waiting on me like you lazy and not going to do anything? Which wait are you doing? I'm just waiting on God. Well, wait on God means serve. That's what wait means. That's what wait means. If you're in a relationship with somebody, you're going to want to communicate with that person. You want to know what they're thinking. You want them to know what you're thinking. It's a way to get them uh, to know you better and also to get to know them better. We had a word a few weeks ago. And out of that lengthy, great, uh, uh, meaty message that the great evangelist and prophet, Pastor Phil Capuccio, brought, one word remained. And that was abide. Remember, abide just a few weeks ago. John 15, 7, Jesus said, if you abide in me, my words abide in you. And, but he doesn't stop there. Watch what he says. You will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. John 15, 7. You might want to go back and look at that one again. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done 
for you. But we must first abide. So we'll know the will of God. A lot of times people just speak anything that they want to speak and it doesn't happen. And they wonder, well, that's not, you you said you just speak whatever you want to speak and speak in Jesus name and it'll magically appear. Well, are you abiding? Do you know God's will? Do you have his word? Are you speaking his word? Are you speaking your word? You trying for some magic formula or are you trying for a relationship with God? Because God is a wonderful, loving father, just like any father. Any mother, he will give you whatever you just, he wants to bless you. It's his desire to bless you, but he wants you to know him. He wants you to know his heart. Knowing the heart of God is a key component to living a fulfilled life. Part of abiding in Jesus is accomplished through prayer, through prayer. And look at what he says, I'll do anything for you. Our problem is we want God to do whatever we want, and we don't even know him. That's the problem we have. God might say, you don't even know me. You're coming to me asking me for all of these things. You don't even know me. I know you, but you don't know me. We have to get to know him. That's the purpose of prayer. Prayer, well, I won't say that. That's the purpose of prayer, to know the heart of God. Number two, to allow God to change you. Allow God to change your heart. Prayer reminds us that we're not in control, but God is in control. But he's given us power. We need to humble ourselves before God as we need to humble ourselves toward our parents when we go to them. It is that relationship that God desires in us to be our father and we his children. You know, I, I, I love to hear it when people talk about how everybody's a child of God. I just think, man, you are so wrong. Everybody is not a child of God. And I know that kind of sounds harsh, too. But I can't tell you but what the Bible says. Everybody's not a child. Everybody a created being of God. Everybody's been created by God. And God would that everybody come to him and be saved. He would. But everybody is not a child of God. Everybody is not going to heaven unless one thing. You acknowledge Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That is it. That is it. The name of Jesus. Talk about the power of the. We need to do a message series on that. Just the power of the name of Jesus. We want to do so many things. We want to jump through so many hoops. We want to make sure we get enough Christmas gifts for someone or, you know, make sure we're, we're kind. And we want to do all. And we should be all of those things. But none of that will get you into heaven. None of it will. None of it. Only one thing. Acknowledging Jesus. Well, you know, he's a good person. Yeah, he's a good person. (laughs) That doesn't mean he's going to heaven. Good people don't go to heaven. Saved people go to heaven. Born again people go to heaven. People who acknowledge Jesus. You are the Lord and Savior. You are the, I believe it in my heart and I confess it with my mouth. That's, That's it. No other way, no other way to get to heaven. So we have to allow God to change us. Sometimes we use prayer to get out of circumstances. Listen, if you find yourself in a situation where you just don't know what to do, you should absolutely pray. I'm not telling you don't pray, all right? I'm telling you. Uh, But more often than not, the purpose of prayer is to get us through circumstances and situations. God gives us a grace and a power. He gives it to us. 
I'm certainly not suggesting that we shouldn't pray deliverance prayers, but there are times where we need to pray prevailing prayers. God, change me. Draw me closer to you. Give me a greater revelation of the name of Jesus. Give me a greater revelation of who you are. We need to ask God to give us the grace to sustain us, the strength to stand firm, and the willpower to keep on keeping on. Give it to us, Lord. My grandmother used to say something. <laughs> Most of the time it was when the kids were getting on her nerves, but she used to say, Lord, give me the strength. <laughs> Lord, give me the strength. I think she was saying, Lord, give me the strength not to kill some of these kids, but, <laughs> but that should be our prayer. Lord, give me the strength. Give me the strength. You see, God gives us sustaining power, strength to stand firm. He gives us the strength. It's called grace. It's the grace that he gives us. And we'll learn. We'll get there together. We'll learn that if you are sick, you speak healing. That's what Jesus did. If you're in sin, you speak with your mouth. I am delivered in Jesus' name. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. We'll learn that. That's what Jesus did. There's a foul spirit, a spirit of death, some spirit of poverty, some spirit of pornography, some, some foul. We speak to that spirit. We take authority over it. But I'm talking about situations where uh, maybe you're in a job you don't like and you don't understand that God has you in that situation because you're affecting people. See, this, all this, this whole thing is not about our job. This whole thing is about people. When I say this whole thing, what am I talking about? I'm talking about life. Life is about people. God, that's God's number one concern is people. So you might be in a job you don't like for a while, and I wouldn't suggest that God would keep you there forever, but there may be a purpose, and we got to pray. Lord, what is the purpose of this? Who do you want me to affect? Who do you want to affect me? Maybe you're in a situation because somebody is going to say something to you that's going to change your life. Come on. We need to pray prevailing prayers. When a farmer plants a seed, come on, you've heard this. I know everyone in this room, you've heard this a million times. When a farmer plants a seed, you know that it doesn't come up the next day. He or she can sit on that porch every day. And it'll be months sometimes before they see the first little leaf come up out of the ground. But guess what? It's coming. It's coming. The harvest is coming. The harvest is coming. There's a change that's happening. Actually, a death and a resurrection that's happening. Come on. James 5, 7 says, Therefore, be patient until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and the latter rain. And so we have to allow God to change us. That's the second purpose of prayer. The last one today is to experience his peace. I, watch what Isaiah 26.3 says. Remember, we just, we just had this word abide. It says, you will keep him, talking about God, you will keep him, that's you and I, in perfect peace. Not peace. Not just perfect peace, Brother Jay. Perfect. Whose mind is stayed. That means remains. That means pray without ceasing. That's what that means. Who is stayed on you because he trusts in you. So if you have some tumultuous time, some stress going on, some anxiety, some worry, some fear happening in your life, maybe you need to reevaluate. Again, not a condemnation, but maybe you need to reevaluate. Is my mind 
staying on the Lord? Or am I distracted? Am I thinking about how bad this situation is going to be? Am I trying not to get disappointed? Am I letting the circumstances? And I, am I letting the wind and the waves? Am I seeing them so that I begin to sink? Or is, are my eyes on Jesus? You ever been anxious or stressed out about a situation? I have. Right? And in that situation, you have that person maybe that you can call. And just by hearing their voice, just maybe having coffee with them or talking to them on the phone, maybe they don't have an answer for you. Maybe they just listen. There's a peace that comes. Situation may not even be resolved, but just because they listened, Amen. God is there for us and he listens. And guess what? Unlike our friend who may not have any answers, God has every answer for every situation because he's already been there. That's what it means when the scripture says God sees the end from the beginning. That means he stands at the beginning before everything starts and he looks and he sees how everything ends. But you know what that also means? He sees everything in between. <laughs> he doesn't just see the end. He sees everything from here all the way to the end. So what you're going through, he's already seen it. What you're going through, he already has an answer for. What you're going through, he already has the grace for you. He already has the specific word that will change the situation for you. We just need to listen to what he would have to say. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, make your request be made known unto God. God wants you to know that you are not alone. I know 2020 was rough. 2021, for some, was even tougher. But God wants you to know that you are not alone. He has a perfect peace for you. But he needs for you to communicate with him. He wants you to pray. He wants you to pray. He wants you to pray. 1 Peter 5.7 says this. It says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Ever heard that before? Therefore, because of that, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he, he, he just doesn't want to push you down. Oh, I got to humble myself so I can be so poor and I can suffer. No, that's not what he's saying. He's saying, be humble, recognize who I am so that he can exalt you in due time, casting all of your cares upon him because he cares for you. So what we're going to do is let's end this year by casting all of our cares upon him. Amen.